Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of this podcast. And men, as always, thank you for checking out today's podcast episode. Now, when you get the opportunity, make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. You can find all things Pursuit of Manliness and check out what is new in the gear store. Specifically, I want to highlight our fall men's retreat, September 29th and 30th here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Men, this is a weekend you do not want to miss. Now, all podcasts within the pursuit of manliness, whether it is the Monday interview, Wednesday quiet life, or Friday out in the garage are intended to help us pursue being spiritually sound, mentally strong, relationally established, and physically fit. Men, it's time for today's podcast conversation. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the gift of technology. I thank you for the men that will be listening to this conversation and the conversation that uh, John and I are about to have about this book, but about just the way of living is something we we desperately need. And God, I just believe that John's going to say some things um, about the book, but about his life and, and the way he raises his kids and the things that he does. If there's a man somewhere, he might be driving in his vehicle, he might be working out, he might be sitting in a deer stand. I don't know where he's at, but God, you know exactly where he's at. You're going to get right to him at just the right time. And and I pray that the seeds that are planted would take root 160, 30 fold, that that the men that are listening, God, that they would be men of presence, men of value, men who will stand in the gap between their family and the rest of the world and do the things, sometimes hard things that need to be done. Uh, because this world is is desperate for men of God to be men of God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, men, at this time, I want to introduce John Lovell to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. John, thanks for making time today, being on the show. Thanks for having me on, brother. Well, John, the last uh, few days, actually a few weeks, I'm learning a lot more about you, a lot more about your ministry, and, and man, I'm in, I am impressed. It is a de- it's a desperate need, and uh, I'm thankful that you do what you do and the way that you do it. For the guys who may be unfamiliar with who you are and what you're about, would you just take a moment, let us know who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. Sure. I lead a movement called the Warrior Poet Society. Uh, we're on all the socials and YouTube and all the all the places that you might expect to find us in our modern world. Uh, the big thrust of the movement is folks who are committed to living for a higher purpose, and they're ready to sacrifice in the defense of others. So kind of sacred protectors, freedom fighters, lovers of truth and people and defenders of both. Uh, as such, it's really more of a, a uh, a wider funnel. And so all kinds of different creeds will plug into that warrior poet society. So even people that don't agree with me theologically or philosophically, it's a wider movement. Uh, though, as you'll see in the book, the warrior poet way that I wrote, uh, I have my personal convictions, uh, which aren't blunted at all. I kind of write, go right for the jugular. I'm like, this is me. This is what I think is true. Uh, this is what I believe in my bones, uh, but I am uh, writing something to a broader ar- uh, audience. And so uh, the book kind of jumps back and forth as appropriate. That's one of the things I respect most about you is you you are blunt. You are to the point. And I think a lot of guys are that way. Just just tell me what it is. And then it's, it's it is essentially a take it or leave it situation. You know, you, you take it or you right. leave it. I'm curious, how did you... How did you come up with the name Warrior Poet? It seems like there's a dichotomy here of, of what we could see in our mind as two different things, but they're they're actually quite similar, aren't they? 
Uh, one flows into the other. Uh, I, I do not believe that a man should be a lover or a fighter. He should be both. Uh, real love protects. And so, hey, you're a lover of like, hey, if you really love people, then you're you're desirous to protect them from all kinds of forces that would wish them ill. You're not going to stand by and, and just let evil, uh, you know, seed the battlefield to evil. You can't do that. Let real lovers protect uh, and real protectors uh, aren't just mindless, uh, convictionless thugs. Those are mercenaries. This is a hollow tyrant. And so real warriors should be loving. And so uh, lover or fighter really should be lover and fighter. You shouldn't be a lion or a lamb. You really should be both. You should be warrior and poet. And it is that recipe which really solves a riddle, especially for our day and age, 2023, when we seem to be vacillating between two pendulum swings. And this is true throughout all history. Uh, particularly in our time now, where we have the ability to be as weak as we desire, and we can have culture and society and government allow us to be enabled in our abject weakness. In fact, we're at a race to the bottom in victim culture as we can allow other people to take care of us, extend adolescence indefinitely. Men can become as weak as they desire to be. And then on the other extreme, you have kind of uh, more of the John Wayne-ish persona as depicted on the silver screen. And this is a, a man that is really strong in, in the traditional ways, but extremely weak in other ways that matter more, which are the emotional aspects of like, you're not going to hold together a marriage, bro. No way you're going to be successful at life. You're going to be strong and tough and then wonder why your uh, life isn't utter shambles, uh, even a partial way in. So uh, d does that answer a uh, question? Absolutely. It's I kind of got lost there and I just got excited and I riffed and I'm like, this is, this is the thing. Yeah. They keep rifting. I'm good with that. They don't want to hear me. They hear me all the time. They want, they want to hear you. So it's two sides of the same coin, right? Like you, you can't have one, you should not have one without the other. And uh, you, you said the right. word mind, mindless, and I think we, we have a generation of people who are proud victims. We're proud that right. we can be a victim. And whatever that is, whatever symbol or flag, wherever we can fly to say, look how I am. And what, what here's what we can We have a weak generation. You talk about we become the weakest yeah. generation of living memory. Explain how we got to this point. Uh, right now, I'm sitting in an office, and it has perfect air conditioner control exactly as I wanted to. I realized the AC is causing interference, so I just turned my AC off. So I can manipulate my environment right now. Uh, this is considered work. It's two dudes just sitting talking. We're not, you know, carrying huge, uh, huge boulders up a mountaintop to create some structure of like, holy cow, you're, you're just drinking a sip of coffee that was probably heated easily in a microwave or a even coffee worse, pod. Even worse, it's water. It's not even coffee. It's, water. Oh, it's worse. It's very good. And I bet it's clean water and you didn't have to go get it from a river and boil it and then pour it out. Uh, everything is just of like, even we sit in our cars and drive in perfect comfort and air conditioning. If we get a toothache, we can go to a dentist who gives us a local anesthetic so we feel almost nothing and they fix us right away. Uh, when we're not working, we can entertain ourselves every single moment. Uh, look at your um, the 
um, the log on how long you spend on your phone and then think about how much TV you're actually watching in a night and realize, holy cow, never in the history of the world have we been able to put off pain to such an extent and increase pleasure and entertainment to such an extent of this is the easiest time ever to be alive if you just looked at it from a physical comfort and pain uh, uh, putting off standpoint. Uh, and so what it, what that has produced is incredibly weak men. Uh, I'm considered, uh, given my past and military and wrestling and all, and fighting in general, I'm considered by our day's standard, kind of a man's man. I'm a dude's dude and uh, I'm not made of glass, right? Uh, but I think I'm probably weaker than even my, uh, just a common man in my great grandparents' generation. You know, I, I think we are degrading exponentially. And it's not that the comforts of life and technology are bad per se, but it does present us with some interesting challenges, knowing that the only way to make a man tough is through suffering. But if we're able to insulate ourselves from certain types of physical uh, sufferings and pain, we can't develop that strength of character and grit and uh, physicality that has been really important for our survival and for the promulgation of a healthy masculinity that rises up, protects, and is in, inundated with boldness and courage. What get, what happens to the man when that is thrust by the wayside? And say, well, you're looking at it now. You see the effeminization of men. Uh, where we have lost the ancient paths. And the book, The Warrior Poet Way, the point is is to restore it without penduluming over and losing uh, those extremely important characteristics of being a good poet, of being a lamb uh, that, uh, that pours their life out uh, for others, that lives sacrificially for higher purpose and for other people, to love deeply and wildly, uh, without reservation. And so warrior and poet are as important now as they ever have been before. However, uh, we are filled with all kinds of really unique challenges that I, I'm really jumping headlong into in the book. I'm thinking if, if you've ever sat at the feet of an older gentleman, gentleman who's gone through a lot, especially a, a sound and solid man of God who stayed with his bride, who raised his kids, who worked on his calloused hands, you feel like, oh, I got a long way to go. I got a long way to go. So oftentimes we we sit around guys who are just a little bit lower than us to make ourselves feel just a little bit better. I want to read this in your book pretty early on. You say most men do their best while struggling to live up to an ever-changing list of responsibilities and obligations. No matter what they have to offer, no matter how hard they strive, it's never enough. I know these taunts too well, plagued by my own potential, a man fully alive without the weights of fear, apathy, selfishness, procrastination, insecurity. Deep down, I know I can be more. But often this gap, who I am and ought to be, feels like too much to bridge. How do we start to close that gap? Because I think every man, if he's honest, feels that who I am and who I should be, it just feels like it's too much. And I think this is why guys give up. I'm sorry, I'll stop talking. Why Why is that? No, of, uh, so we live in a culture and a day and age that'll say, no, man, you're perfect just the way you are. And hey, be true to your self. And if they don't accept you the way you are, you know, they're not even worthy uh, of you. Don't even waste your time on them. And your identity and who you are is the most important ideal 
out there. And so that's what's really thrust forward. In fact, some people listening are like, you know, absolutely right. That That's right. I'm like, no, 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 check it out. Uh, you are not even close to who you could be. You've like, well, you could be a lot better than you are. You could be uh, more vibrant, fully alive. Uh, you, you could have redeemed the time instead of wasting it away with all kinds of entertainment and pleasure and sin. And we could be fearfully wondrous creatures if we just had the discipline and if we had uh, the, hmm, how should I say it? Uh, the, the the character, uh, the um, anointing, the blessing, the inner transformation, that uh, we could be far better than we are. Now, the point of the book is not to delve into the self-help movement, which I think ultimately is just reshuffling the deck of depravity, uh, whereas you'll get better in some ways and worse in other ways. Uh, you'll become a tremendous success vocationally, and you accidentally sacrifice your family on the altar of your new entrepreneurial success. And 10 years in, hey, guess what? You're a multimillionaire, bravo, but your wife uh, has left you and your kids despise you. I'm like, see, the self-help movement uh, naturally will have us kind of just reshuffle the deck of how we spend our time and do our priorities. And so what I'm putting forward in the book is a balanced person, a balanced man who understands how to arbitrate between competing priorities, set good priorities, and then really balance between how they do those. And at the uh, center of it all isn't pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. It's actually becoming better in the ways that are required so that that tide rises all ships. That's the point. And I do offer throughout the book, uh, you know, key ingredient that has been the really big uh, difference maker in me. And that, that's a inner transformation that didn't come because I tried really hard, but it's because I had an encounter with Jesus who would change me from the inside out and everything like this amazing electric, uh, or, you know, um, uh, current going through me affected every area of my life, all of it. So it's like almost everything I seemed to touch turned to gold as long as I was walking with him and his strength. And so that, that that's what I found. Uh, the self-help movement has not been helpful for me, but I talk about inner transformation. I talk about uh, certain cancers that can really take the wind out of a man, leave us beleaguered and exhausted and uh, understanding we don't measure up, but not knowing really what to do about that, how fear can steal your very soul. It'll keep you from doing all the things that really uh, you know you should do. And instead you find these uh, vain glory little escapes like entertainment, or you find something else that's good to do, but not really the best and great thing that you should be doing. Uh, and so whether it's looking at uh, conquering fear or uh, pursuing uh, your wife for a more vibrancy, where you turn the dial a little bit down on your productivity at work or uh, in, in certain uh, goals that you may be looking and turn it up on some of the relational stuff. So joy flows in and understanding how to rest and bring uh, creative powers to be through a little bit of boredom. And so that we're really jazzed up with the creativity that will naturally flow out of that. 
Uh, the work will also get extremely philosophical, tracking the philosophical progression of the last couple thousand years so that we can really see ourselves now and understand what's at stake in, in how the world is being portrayed now versus how it always has. And so in able to... in in looking to the past is the only way we can really see ourselves clearly in the present. And once we see ourselves in the present, we know how to react to it so that we can live better in the future. So tons packed in, took a book to say. So here I'm just doing probably a terrible job of describing it at breakneck speed of the 30,000 foot view. Uh, but there we go anyway. I said before we hit record, uh, I, I'm no way going to do this book justice. And you guys that listen to the podcast, you know that we talk about books and we promote books. We're promoting this book. I, th I think this is a book you need to pick up. It's a book you need to read. Um, it, you're right. It's not a self-help book. It's a book that tells you the truth. And if you're honest, if you're going to be, if you're willing to be honest with yourself, as you read this book, you'll say, you know what? He's right. You may not agree with everything. I, I don't, haven't found anything yet I don't agree with, but there's inevitable. There's the cynic who might not agree with something, but you can't disagree with the premise of what you're talking about it is spot on. And one of the things that jumps out to me is your use of the word dangerous in a good way. And I think there's a little bit of a fear of men to be too masculine, too. Well, maybe, maybe, we're, maybe we're trying to look like something that we're not. But when you drill into that word dangerous, you realize it's something deep in the heart of our soul. And when you tap into that, things begin to change. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, when I, I use the word dangerous, I mean, you can be dangerous like a villain is dangerous. You could be dangerous in a bad way. Uh, you can also be dangerous in a very good way. Uh, that's the hero stuff. You know, you're you're a force for good. You can also be dangerous in a very weak, passive way. And these are weak, passive men uh, who look really like sweetie pies. Uh, but they will be the very first when push comes to shove and it's uh, time to stand uh, a moral ground. They will betray you. They will speak badly of you. They will lie to you. They will do anything to preserve themselves. And I think a lot of uh, people today, they're not necessarily in, you know, a uh, pitchfork and horns camp of villain per se, meaning they're not out there like some uh, 20th century Maoist dictator trying to engage in eugenics. Uh, but they're also not really putting everything on the line to stand for what's right. They may just be floating, hoping everything goes well for them and people will leave them alone and they'll be able to get ahead a little bit and then hit a really cool vacation spot soon. You know, like a lot of people want to drive a nice car and not experience any real pain. And uh, what happens is a lot of people, especially under our steeple and the church, have uh, settled for a very passive and weak lifestyle. You're not really sticking your neck out. You really don't want to be hated by anyone, even though the Bible is telling us, woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so they did to the false prophets. Of Jesus drew a line in the sand. The world is supposed to hate you. It's not because you're brash or you give them a reason to, as they hated Jesus without reason. We too should be hated without reason. And if you're not hated, you're probably a weak, pathetic, passive male using the name of Christian and not embodying any of the core tenets. You're supposed to be hated. And if you're not being hated, you're probably not standing for anything, especially as how horribly evil the world is in this day and hour. Uh, if you're not hated, you're not actually living for Christ at all. And so 
um, uh, you, you can be that kind of passive man who is also a very different type of dangerous. Now, the good kind of dangerous that I would have us really press into, uh, I, of, of course, there's some obvious physical aspects of I'd like you good protectors of the innocent to be able to snap necks and, uh, you know, uh, you know, have a clean draw stroke and know how to disarm someone with a gun and all the good protectors stuff all the stuff that you're like yeah man i want to i want to learn that junk i'm like yeah you do that's good protector stuff grow into some of that stuff but with dangerous i i also mean from an intellectual level i mean it also uh, from a spirit character level whereas you have a strength of spirit and resolve and character and also intellect which is a different thing but also a good place for us to be dangerous to so that we can destroy every argument and lofty opinion which sets itself up to the knowledge of god we want to be able to destroy arguments and we want to be of such a white hot uh virtuous conviction that we refuse to be bullied and censored uh we refuse to stand by and let evil take the battlefield while we sit back and do nothing in comfort and ease uh we want to be dangerous in that we refuse uh to um uh, yeah we we refuse to to not live by our convictions right and so we're not going to be bullied no and we're not budging i think you know when you say that i I think back on 2020 there was a lot of things that happened in that year a lot of things through uh march to the end of the year and i think what we learned was there were some people that um i would not go into a spiritual or physical battle with and you thought you could you you thought you could and you realize how quickly they folded, and I think it goes back to that word mindlessness. And in, in your book, you talk about every day we're being fed these messages that are contradictory to our worldview, and yet there's a bunch of Christians who are mindless who just keep digesting them and and, and believing them. And so how how do we how do we get away from that? How do we how do we instill that filter to say no? You're not going to feed me or my wife, my kids this propaganda, or you're not going to pander to the masses just so I can look like I'm accepted. How do I? stand on conviction, stand on what is true and say, I'm not budging. And, and you are not going to mess with, with my people. So, if we uh, There was a time not even too long ago where we had the luxury of being able to uh, kind of pick and choose in culture and be able to find, all right, there's some good stuff. There's some bad stuff, but I can kind of do it. Now, what I see is all of our institutions of power have been taken over by those who are woke and antithetical to a Christian worldview, uh, or, or even just a decent worldview. And, and and what is being done in the public square is so flagrantly wrong from uh, uh, normalizing and accepting pedophilia to, to murdering over a million babies a year in the womb, uh, to um, men competing in women's sports, and uh, that's... Uh, I'm seeing the decay and destruction of everything. I'm seeing our political leaders uh, try to throw in prison the competing political leaders. Uh, and uh, I'm seeing rampant corruption everywhere I go. I see uh, racist ideology pushed in schools in the name of eliminating racism, which is just uh, absolutely crazy to me. Everywhere I look, I, I see something. I can't even watch uh, old um, old places that we would go for entertainment of like, we've canceled 
Netflix and Hulu and Disney. We don't watch any of that junk anymore because they are after our kids and trying to train them uh, in something we frankly think is extremely bad. And so what that means, since all of our institutions of power have been essentially overrun, we've been really pulling back into our own um, homes and our own networks. So we have a homeschool co-op and that's where we educate our kids. And it's a really cool thing. We know tons of other families and they're like-minded and wonderful uh, in those respects. And uh, we're uh, hanging out with folks in our church and our community and our workplace as well as something that's, that's more of safe, like-minded folks. Uh, instead engaging in a lot of uh, the entertainment things we did. Uh, our family is a reading family. Last night we were reading a book as a family and the, me and my son are typing away, writing uh, a kid's story together, which has been really, really fun. But we read and we're outside a lot. We're on a homestead. And so we're growing our own food and have a whole bunch of animals around. But I guess we have been pressing farther back into the, the way people used to live, which was a healthier lifestyle. It was a more fulfilling lifestyle. I know where my food comes from. I know the voices that are speaking into my children's lives, and I've eliminated great amount of poisonous toxicity that have been going through, uh, you know, unchecked into my wife and I just, just interacting with the world. We're like, nope, that, that's a fallen institution. And we've really pulled back a lot. It doesn't mean that I'm not engaging with the world. Here I am on a public podcast, engaging with the world, not a, not retreating uh, from the world and just saying good luck. Uh, but for health and wellness in our own worlds, we've kind of got our drawbridges uh, uh, set up so that we can live as we believe is healthy and edifying and then jumping into the world uh, through all of our uh, media uh, ways to be able to hopefully help some people out there and engage in the fight of our lives. I'm, I'm with you as much as I hate it. I hate that we, you know, have to be so keep your head on a swivel with so many things are going. It's actually been a good thing. It's caused us to have more conversations within our home. We saved a lot of money because we're not spending money at these places and just what it, it yeah. is, it has really refined the focus, you know, it's really refined our right. focus and it's led us to have really healthy conversations that we may not have had Otherwise, you know, one of the things you talk about is uh, let them underestimate you being the most dangerous man in the room. And we talked to men about being men of presence. When you walk in, it should mean something. Could you unpack what it means to be the most dangerous man in the room? Sure. Uh, of, I, I like that you use the word presence. I think that's a thing. Uh, what I don't want is a uh, cheap and superficial presence, somebody that's just loud or obnoxious or or you're the clown. And so, yeah, you've, you've got an, uh, a uh, faux kind of presence and that everyone knows you're there, but it's not out of deep respect or, or admiration or something like that. It's because you won't shut up and you're the loudest dude. Uh, and so that's not what I want of, of, of when we think about presence or when I think about presence, and I'm not really using that word, I'm just seeing that you do. And I really like the word. Uh, of I want it to be uh, an outflow of respect for virtue, for accomplishment, uh, for wisdom. Uh, when I'm around really wise people, I speak a little less and I ask more questions because I'm wanting what they they can offer me. And, and I realize I'm like, oh, I'm this person 
is the one that I, I, I really want to speak. And so I'll be a little bit quieter. I'm like, come on, Brent, let's pull something out of this, uh, this person. And so um, in the, uh, in the book, what I'm really trying to urge people toward is a life of humility. Uh, I was in, uh, I was an army ranger once upon a time. And in that area of special operations, I noticed that some of the deadliest dudes on the planet, and I worked with everyone from SEALs and Delta and blah, blah, everyone, SAS, SBS, and all the three-letter agencies, the most dangerous dudes I ever met were the humble ones. Uh, absolutely deadly. And um, uh, they're ones that you could still teach things to. Uh, they, they were uh, constantly learning and adapting. Some of them wouldn't look humble by some means because they were just kind of rage monsters. <laughs> and then you would find other guys that were just calm, cool calculations. So I don't want to craft a picture of Ranger Battalion that's everybody's these, uh, you know, uh, deep thinkers and great, humble guys, because you really get shards of of um, different individuals and expressions. But I did notice when I got to Ranger Battalion, it was with a few other soldiers. There was one in particular I'm thinking about. And he was kind of like the physical training stud. I'm like, man, if anyone's going to make it, that guy will. And though he got to range battalion, he didn't stay there. He was arrogant. Uh, and though he was better than almost everyone that arrived, he was as good as he was ever going to get because he was arrogant. He wasn't teachable. He was a prideful guy. And really, you have to be able to continue to learn and be trained. Uh, and if you can't do that, well, you're about as good as you're ever going to get. And he washed out. His attitude sucked. And so um, anyway, I, I think humility is is uh, never or um, you want to be the most dangerous man in the room. But uh, part of that danger uh, isn't just strength of arms and, uh, hey, can, can you, you know, beat up 12 ninjas hiding in the bushes for you? But it's also strength of character. Uh, I, I think that's true. And you cannot be a good man and be arrogant at the same time. Humility is a piece of that. And so uh, I go into a real fun chapter of uh, the most dangerous man in the room where I am, uh, you know, a strength and danger, uh, but along a path of humility, uh, which is a surprising an interesting way to arrive at something. You wouldn't think of like, oh, that's the way to get further in strength than I ever assumed. And I really lay out that connection and why it's so critical. One last thing here. I, as you're talking about that, I think of guys like David Goggins, Cameron Haynes, Jocko. Will. These guys are, they put out content on a regular basis and they're doing incredible things. These guys are just resolve whatever, whatever but i think sometimes we think okay that's the aspiration that's and and there's a lot of things we can learn from those individuals but like you're saying being that dangerous man is a guy who can love his wife well is a guy who will sit there with his kid and will go you know play catch or go to the, the if we heaven forbid dance recital whatever it is you know you'll you'll do these manly things and i think sometimes we look at those guys and we say okay that's that's what it is and we don't really get to see behind the curtain and so I think what, what you're talking about here is we need to be careful who we learn from. And you and you said the most transform, transformational thing that happened to you is encountering Jesus. So I, I think from Jesus, he's right. the foundation we build from there. What did that do for you? You've been around some dudes. You've been around some grown men who can do some manly things. But you said Jesus is the one that kind of – he grabbed your soul, as we know here, and, and that was a game changer. Yeah, and so there's uh... – 
yeah, everyone's looking for different role models and people to look up to and model your way of life after. And uh, I haven't met uh, Goggins or Jocko yet. Uh, we run in the same circle. So I think I'm bound to run into him sooner or later. Uh, but as a president, I haven't met him yet. But, uh, you know, you know I do wonder. I, I want to get to know him, uh, especially Goggins, because he's a little bit more on on an extreme uh, of, you know, getting up wildly early and pushing it, no excuses. And, and and I like all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, man, I speak that language. I, I, I know how to dig deep into that well of resolve and force yourself beyond uh, anything you imagine were, uh, was your actual personal physical limits. And, and so I dig all that stuff. Uh, but I'm also a man of priorities and balancing between them and recognize my goal in life is not to be able to run 50 miles cold without shoes while carrying a rucksack. That's not my big goal in life. And I know it's not his either. I'm not, I'm not making, uh, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm just saying there's a, a great cost to me waking up at 4.30 every single morning. And that's every night after the kids go down, that is sacred husband wife time for me. And I'm pouring into my marriage every single day that I'm able to, you know, of like, if I'm meaning if I'm gone on a trip, that's hard. But I mean, when I'm home, I want to be with my wife, my, my blushing bride of 16 years of like, we are having a fantastic time in our happily ever after, even as the world falls apart around us, we're on this great adventure together. And we had to fight for our marriage because it wasn't good before. And now it is amazing. And so uh, I want to continue to cultivate that so she flourishes, my kids flourish, and every life that I'm attached to, I'm helping to make better. And that is a better goal to me uh, than being just uh, twisted steel and sex appeal. You know, of like I want to balance and do all of it. So I'm not going to turn into an undisciplined, uh, weak, fat body either. Uh, I, I want uh, good balance in all things, but to super elevate my physical prowess as I'm a middle-aged man here, not in the military and not being paid to hunt and kill terrorists anymore. Well, my battlefield has shifted and I would like to recalibrate and balance in a more healthy manner. So I'm not going to be nearly as extreme as, as those, uh, as, as particularly Goggins in the physical aspects. Now, he, uh, um, so there you go. Uh, now, uh, that was just to answer that piece. You'd ask me the other, uh, uh, um, another uh, piece of that was having to do with uh, when I met Jesus. And that's actually what I care more about than anything. I'm 22 years into a conversion. And though uh, I teach firearms for a living and gunfighting and some other cool gun food type stuff, uh, anything you do long enough, you get tired of, you know, it's kind of like to me, shooting is crazy as it'll sound to all the listeners guns are work to me i don't want to do it in my free time it's just work and I, when you see a cool gun see just hammer screwdriver wrench i don't really care uh, you'll be like hey look at this gun i give a rip about your gun man I don't, I don't care it's just a tool to me and i got a ton of guns and they're cool i mean the, there's worse things to do for a living so i'm grateful for that but the uh the only uh thing in life uh, that I have never, ever got tired of talking about it isn't a thing at all. It's a person and that's Jesus Christ. Uh, and so uh, he is who created us. 
uh, by his might and for his good pleasure. So the purpose of life is to make great the name of Jesus. And that's uh, what I'm going to continue to do and whatever I am, uh, whatever I am doing. And so he's given us the Warrior Poet Society to steward uh, in, in a very particular nuanced way. And so uh, that's what we want to do. Uh, I want to be obedient to that call. Uh, he's the one who, from the inside out, uh, both will, uh, who um, strengthens me to will and to work for his good pleasure. Well, John, the book is, as you know, The Warrior Poet Way, A Guide to Living Free and Dying Well. It's out tomorrow, July 11th. Man, where, where can we go to learn more about you, buy the book, and all the things you're talking about? Sure. Visit thewarriorpoetway.com. That's thewarriorpoetway.com. That'll give a landing page. We'll get you all the checkout options for the book. Uh, appreciate it if you pick one up for you or men's group or something to give away, or if you have somebody who uh, wouldn't pick up a Bible or get into something else, this would be a good kind of gateway drug. <laughs> this would be something that a non-religious person would even get into that would inch them a little bit closer uh, to your worldview. And so uh, that that could be a good thing. We appreciate any support you guys could muster. Uh, at thewarriorpoetway.com, that'll land you at kind of like a, a page on our greater website, which will have all of our links to our video content, also our streaming service that's watch wpsn.com wpsn so we have all kinds of shows and our gunfighting classes and things and then we have our youtube links in there and all our social media links on twitter and whatnot and so uh warrior poet way or the warrior poet way.com will get you everything you need yeah i hear from guys all the time who we recommend a book they buy it they tell me you know feedback i look forward to hearing from you guys who pick up this book and, and get it he's exactly right if there's a non-believer a guy who's on the oh, i don't know this is going to give him a different view of what a man of God looks, lives, and sounds like. So, John, thank you for being on the show today. Thrilled to be here. Thank you. You men have heard. We're going to continue that conversation over there. John, I want to ask you about heroes, wimps, and villains. Once again, men, I want to thank you for listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. Now, one more thing before you go. I want to encourage you. Would you consider joining the herd? The herd is a $5 a month monthly subscription to the Pursuit of Manliness these men who are in the herd, they not only get bonus podcast content, but they're also a part of a community that has ongoing conversations, monthly Zoom calls, and more. For just $5 a month, you can help keep this ministry moving forward. You can also gather with like-minded brothers across the globe. Men, thanks for listening, and let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.